When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Um, so let's let's start, and and we know good time this past weekend at NRG Stadium for Texan fans, the Texans beating the Broncos, um, which was very beneficial for their playoff chances although they're still seeded eighth in the AFC so nothing has changed as far as their seeding but two of the teams in front of them have come back to the pack in Cleveland and Pittsburgh who both lost this weekend and obviously the Texans have beaten Pittsburgh they're going to play Cleveland they're going to play Indianapolis as well a second time that's the other team that's ahead of them in the wild card race right now but John their chances of winning the division the Texans took a drastic turn for the better last night in the Monday night football game not only with the outcome of the game, the Bengals behind Jake Browning beating the Jaguars 34-31 to 31 in overtime, but Trevor Lawrence, who at this juncture right now, as you and I are recording this, I've not seen anything come out definitive or even like, even like, you know, like speculative by people who might know as to how long he's going to be out. We just know that it's a sprained ankle that he suffered late in the game, looked really bad uh, just in terms of the optics of him being walked off the field and down the runway and into the, you know, to go get an MRI and things like that. Um, but at the very least, it's going to be a gimpy Trevor Lawrence, John, against the two hardest games that the Jags have remaining on the schedule, Cleveland this weekend and Baltimore the following week. Yeah, I don't see him playing either one of those games. Um, I thought he torn his Achilles or broken his ankle, torn his ACL, the way he reacted because he was scared. And um, – the second biggest question about how long he's going to be out is why didn't they have a golf cart? They're in Florida. There's millions of golf carts to where he didn't have to walk off with his arm around two people very gingerly, and it's a long way to their locker room. Yeah. I'm just blown away by that. It was all over the Internet. Why didn't they have him carted off? And I don't think he'll be – when you have an ankle injury, nobody has a clue how long it'll be till you come back. So I expect him to miss multiple games. Yeah, and these are the worst two games if you're the Jags to miss. And I think what's important for Texan fans to know, John, is that the the Texans, if they're going to win this division, they probably need to win it outright. You know, as in, like have a better record yep. than the Jags as opposed to a tie, because the tiebreakers don't favor the Texans right now. No. And maybe it favors them a little better after the Jags lost to the Bengals last night, who the Texans beat. Because I know common opponents. Somewhere down the food chain is a tiebreaker, but it's always head to head, which is the 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 Jags are one and one. You know, they're one and one against each other. The next one is division record, and the Texans would essentially need to sweep the rest of their division games and hope that the Jags lose to the Titans in week 18, the final game of the year, just to get a tie in the division. The Jaguars are four and one in the division right now. The Texans are one and two. Then you'd move to the next tiebreaker, which I believe is record against common opponents. Um, and I don't I, right now, I, all I know is that two of the Jags losses are to San Francisco and Kansas City, who the Texans didn't don't play. And one of their losses is to the Texans. 
So last night's game against Cincinnati is the first game the Jags have lost all season against a common opponent of the Houston Texans. So I say all that to say the tiebreakers are really working against the Texans right now. So they're going to have to they're going to have to win this thing by one game and and hope and I think their big opportunity here is that the Jags lose to Cleveland and lose to Baltimore, which means John that we will be rooting for the Cleveland Browns for the first time since Deshaun Watson was traded there. At least I am. I don't know who you're rooting for. If you're rooting for the Jags and you hope that the Texans draft pick is better and they knock a wild card team out of the hunt here, or that the Browns do a favor for the Texans in the division and beat the Jags. What are you rooting for in this game on Sunday? Hard draft choice because the Texans could beat the Jaguars if they played them in Jacksonville. Jacksonville's two and four at home. Went they're unbeaten on the road. You're talking CJ, they play them in a you're talking they play them in a wild card game, right? If they play, yeah. If they uh uh or the Jaguars win and they gotta go over there. Yeah. If the if the Jaguars are home, the Texans are on the road and they yeah. play the Jaguars. Yeah, I don't think anything's wrong with that because Jacksonville's been terrible at home. CJ Beathard did about as good a job as he could do under the circumstances. Jake Browning was fabulous, threw for more yards Monday night. And he thrown in his entire career, and he looked like he could put the Bengals back in a playoff race. Well, and that's the other thing too, John. If you're a Texan fan, that one of the encouraging things about that game last night, seeing Jake Browning play the way he, the way he did, this is just the first of a few games that the Bengals are going to be playing against teams that you're chasing right now in the playoff race. They play Indianapolis this weekend. You're chasing them. They play Pittsburgh in in two weeks or in three weeks, actually week. 14, 15, week 16, they play Pittsburgh. Who knows what the league looks like at that point? That's we fixed. also got to point out, Sean, that people ask why the head-to-head victory has until over Pittsburgh has them behind Pittsburgh because head-to-head doesn't count when it's three-plus. Right. Um, yeah, when there's more than two teams in, in a tie. Yeah, they, the tiebreakers get very confusing. But my back to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, this was something I said on the podcast last week, John, that Joe Burrow's injury actually hurts the Texans because Cincinnati plays all these teams the Texans are chasing in the last six games, Jacksonville, Indy, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland. I watched Jake Browning last night. I'm not saying he's Joe Burrow or anything, <laughs> but I but I feel like he's at least capable of going and beating at least a couple of these teams. He's perfectly capable of beating the Indianapolis, capable of beating the Colts next weekend. I do feel strongly about that. Boy, they, so. they need, because the Titans blew it. They had the Colts defeated. They blew it. They need for Browning to step it up and help them win that game. That was the only thing that happened the entire weekend that was that was that that worked against the Texans. Pittsburgh lost to Arizona at home. Cleveland lost uh, to L.A. Uh, by two scores on the road. Jacksonville losing last night. The Colts, the Colts Titans game was the only other one that impacted the Texans, where the outcome went the wrong way. Fortunately, the big one, the Texans actually beating the Broncos, went the right way um, as well. But that was a that's. This is a huge, huge storyline, this Trevor Lawrence injury if you're a Houston Texan fan right now. Absolutely. All right, let's get to uh, just a quick peek. We're going to go more of a deep dive on the Jets and the Texans in Thursday's um, in Thursday's uh, episode of this podcast. We'll do our six-pack on Thursday of uh, storylines to preview for the game. But I guess the news, biggest news surrounding this game right now, John, is that the Jets – uh, at least for 24 hours, we're experiencing a little bit of turbulence in the quarterback situation. Although Rich Semini, as you mentioned before the podcast, who covers the Jets up there on the Jets beat, said that it looks like Zach Wilson is going to start. But this is in the wake of stories. Diana Rossini of The Athletic 
saying that uh, they want to circle back to Zach Wilson to be their starter at quarterback, but he's, quote, reluctant to take the position over um, or to retake the position. Robert Sala denied that yesterday in his press conference. John, needless to say, there's a lot of smoke. Do you think there's any fire to any of this? Uh, what Rich Samini said, and I've known Rich forever. He's covered that team about 25 years. He said that it wasn't that Wilson went to Robert Sala and said, I don't want to start. Is he'd expressed to a teammate, an agent, a coach that, well, if I come back and play, I could get hurt and then they're going to cut me and it hurt me in free agency. So then somebody leaked that to the athletic. And uh, and they said he, he Rich said I expect him to be named the starter on Wednesday. Can you imagine if he starts say throws an interception on his first series, Derek Stingley intercepts him, and then how he would get booed up there? Uh, they go three and out if he doesn't play well. They haven't they've averaged nine points a game in the last five games. I don't think they've scored more than thirteen in almost two months. And uh, I don't know why they wouldn't want to keep losing so you can get a higher draft choice. But they're letting Aaron Rodgers run that offense with Nathaniel Hackett, a terrible play caller. If the Texans were to lose this game, my goodness, it wouldn't be as bad as the Panthers, their only victory. But, man, it'd be right up there. Texans should win this game. But I feel confident they are indeed going to go up against Zach Wilson, the second overall pick in the draft. Isn't it amazing, fate? Yeah, you, one year you get the second pick, you get Zach Wilson. A couple years later, you get the second pick, you wind up with C.J. Stroud. I, I, yeah, I mean it's that's that's the danger in in hoping that your you know your team loses and you pick high. If you pick high in the wrong year, it's almost better, John, to get a high pick in a year where there's just no quarterbacks than it is one where there's some questionable quarter. You know, like ones that are talented but polarizing as far as whether or not they deserve to be up there. In 22, the Texans were picking third. The year they picked Stingley, the only quarterback that went, I think, in the first two rounds in that draft was Kenny Pickett, who went 20th to the Steelers. So, like, like in some, I mean, I remember looking at mock drafts leading up to that 2022 draft, and it seems like these mock drafts, even when the quarterbacks are bad, the mock drafters have three or four in the first round. Like Malik Willis was going with the sixth overall pick to people in that draft. Um, yeah, I'm just glad it worked out the way it did for the Texans and with C.J. Stroud, undoubtedly. Oh, absolutely. Everybody is. Yep.